Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNVR has a new sponsor we've got to tell you about, and we'd love for you to give them some support. It's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. Their Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's a mattress designed to fit every body because what you want today may not be what your body needs tomorrow. Typically, you buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter or maybe heavier and definitely older. It's made by Colorado and designed for the world. It's backed by a 122-year warranty. And when you use code DNVR at snoozesleep.com, you'll receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off adjustable base when using code DNVR on snoozesleep.com. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, eight weeks, whenever you need. It's going to have you feeling as fantastic as I've been lately. It helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, so much more than that. Plus, you get zero coffee jitters when you happen to have three or four or five cups a day, depending on how it's going, right? Now you can get 25% off your first purchase on StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is a very special guest. He is, how would I put it, a visionary, an author, a player slash manager slash GM. He's a brand ambassador, a baseball pioneer, and some would even say a mystic. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing for you, if you didn't already know him, we got plenty of people that they know their Denver baseball history. They know their Denver personalities. Here is Matthew Replinger. What's up? What's going on? Thanks for having me, Patrick. So glad to have you on. When I got this job and I thought about all the people I want to talk to in the offseason and kind of bring forth to folks that might not know the history here of our town, of our state, or just the people that are buzzing around the city doing some amazing baseball things, you know, you were really at the top of that list. And I think one of the reasons is because if you want to know your history of baseball in Denver, you quite literally need to pick up a copy of Baseball in Denver. It's a book that you wrote close to a decade ago, mm-hmm. right here, baseball in Denver. You've probably seen it. It's one of those images of baseball, right? They do the images of America. They started doing images of baseball. And can you believe it's been 10 years since you no. produced this amazing anthology? I, it's hard to believe, actually. It's flown by, truly. What What would you say is the biggest thing baseball fans here in Denver should know about about their history here, other than... You know, baseball did exist before the Colorado Rockies in 1993. There's so much, truly. I th- just saying uh, on recent, uh, you know, topics, Bud Fowler played here, who was just re- inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's right. Uh, Bud Fowler was the first uh, African-American professional baseball player, him and, and Moses Fleetwood Walker. Um, and the history of baseball in Denver is so rich. A lot of people think of us as just a Denver Bronco town, and right. it's really so much deeper than that. Babe Ruth played here, Lou Gehrig, of course. And then you have really rich history in terms of the Negro League uh, past here in Denver, the Denver White Elephants, and the Denver Post Tournament. That's often 
never thought of in terms of how much that changed the game of baseball itself. And that happened right here in our backyard. So a lot of people do not realize just uh, what all Denver uh, baseball history is. And it's really uh, quite the story. Yeah, the Denver Post Tournament was something that you know I didn't know about until I first moved to Colorado. And it's, it's essentially that you know there was a lot of barnstorming that went on for Negro League teams or even that predated the National Negro League. And the Denver Post Tournament was kind of one of those places where teams of, of all colors, in, integrated teams even, would be playing together. Satchel Paige, Grover Cleveland Alexander, which is one of my favorite guys, a great name, Old Pete. Grover Cleveland Alexander and and the Denver Post tournament again took place right here in in town and and people might not realize yeah Babe Ruth was has been in town and has played baseball here some of the greatest baseball players to have ever lived uh, played here from Josh Gibson to Satchel Paige like you said uh, Bullet Joe Rogan uh, Rogers Hornsby uh, it's it's and then going even further back in like 1800s we had some amazing baseball players who were from here. Bid McPhee is the last uh, second baseman to ever play without a baseball mitt. He was from from Lodo, really. I mean, if you broke it down, he, he grew up right down near where Coors Field is today. So there's extremely rich history. But we can talk about something new in reg- regards to baseball, too. We don't have to stick with the old stuff. I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, the old, I like the old stuff. I mean, for, when it comes to your book, though, like what – and because I, I want to really start, you know, previewing a lot more authors and stuff on the podcast. And, you know, people have been doing a lot more reading during the pandemic, which I think is wonderful. And, and your book is one of those great, you know, pathways for people to, to get into and, and understanding the history a little bit. How does one go about or how did you what was the, the genesis of saying, I, I want to write that book that if if you need to know the, the history of, of baseball in Denver or at least the history that people aren't realizing and putting it in one place. Where, where do you get the stones to do that? <laughs> you know, I've been researching it in some ways most of my life. Just anything yeah. related to baseball was always of interest to me. Growing up in Denver, I was born in Kansas City, but I moved here when I was five years old. And uh, in fact, just a few blocks away um, until uh, we moved to Littleton. But yeah, the history of baseball and, and the way that I got into it was one uh I had been working in the, the Coors Field ticket office, uh, answering phones. I worked in the group ticket sales office, worked in the call center during the off season. During the slow season of baseball, all I did was read baseball books and voraciously. Yeah. Just and anything related to the baseball history in Denver or Colorado, I was all over it. And uh, it was just eating up anything in, in relation to uh, baseball. And I got in the saber. And, uh, and at the time, I believe I was the president of the chapter, uh, or Rocky Mountain chapter of Sabre, and um, Arcadia Publishing came to me and said, would you know anyone that might be interested in, in writing a book on the history of baseball in Denver? And I thought about it for about three seconds and was like, well, I, I might be interested in writing that book. You're, you're talking to that guy right now. <laughs> well, yeah, it just I don't so happened. Anybody. I've been, been somewhat uh, studying the subject for some time. So, um, you know, it, it's amazing the way things have come full circle because, uh, you know, the very first professional sports team in all of the state of Colorado was the 1879 Denver Brown Stockings. It's almost unfathomable to think of the coincidence yeah. that 100 years, 130 years later, uh, me and my buddy found a baseball team called the Denver Browns. And it just so happened that our connection to the name Denver Browns, the cities, is longstanding. We played a 15-game series against the Utah Deserets in 1879 for $5,000. Wow. And that was won by the Denver Brown Stockings eight games to seven in 1879. So it's just bizarre to me that, <laughs> you know, I, we, we did not know that when we started the Denver Browns many years later. So it's just uh, bizarre how these coincidences come about. They, it, it can be cyclical in many ways. And I do want to talk to you about the Denver Browns, but more, more recently, you know, we've talked, you know, a couple of times we've, uh, it's always good bumping into you at, at different events. And there seems 
now finally, you know, people behaving themselves in different ways, at least if you've gotten your booster and whatnot, hey, you can go around and, and start to go to events and I've seen you a couple times in the, in the past few weeks and talked about a, another new project, potentially uh, even even more ambitious than the Baseball in Denver book. <laughs> well, the, the ball club's always been something that I've maybe put, maybe some could argue, too much time into. Um, <laughs> but the Browns, this will be our 16th season. Right. And uh, we started in 2007. It was just a, a buddy of mine, uh, high school, or I should say a college teammate, uh, Gino Grasso, uh, founded the team. And the first thing he did was uh, name me as manager. And that was, that was back when I was working for the Rockies in, in 07. Actually, the, the fall of 06 and um we established ourselves as the really the winningest baseball team in in denver and one of the winningest ball clubs in the history of denver if you if you break it down um we've won the city championship seven different years and uh and for anyone who doesn't know i'm, I'm wearing one of the denver browns caps which you can get at denverbrowns.com you can even get the baseball in denver book there denverbrowns.com slash shop and yeah, it's, it's a semi-professional baseball team. You guys travel a lot, a lot of games on your schedule. You play uh, at North High School here in Denver. And, uh, you know, you even have a little promotions. You have comedians coming out, telling jokes, live bands in between innings. It's Denver Browns is, is legit, as you're saying. Our mission statement has always been to uh, break the mold of amateur and semi-professional baseball in the city of Denver by being the best in everything we do from the field to the community. And uh, we try to embody that really, uh, you know, every day going forward. My assistant GM here is with me, uh, Colin, and you know, I am so thankful really for having all the the people involved in that over the years that we have. You know, I mentioned Gino, uh, especially Gino, and, and another guy uh, named Chris Campassi was our first team captain, and uh, and currently our team captain Trent Cutler, and our team manager Mike and Misco and. And guys, uh, my third baseman Matthew Cherepker, and uh, and all, all the different talented guys we've had over the years. Our current ace, Houston Hibbard. This guy's one of the best pitchers around. And this, people ought to be paying to watch us play. I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, but we're thankfully available uh, to the public, really at at uh, you know the cost of gas. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Come you, on down. you have a couple guys who got drafted. We'll we'll talk about who some of those players are. But as you said, you're you're building some community, and, and that's what we're trying to do here as well uh, at thednvr.com. Now only fifty cents for your first month. If you want an annual membership, you can pick up some cool swag. You get a free T-shirt with that annual membership. Uh, we got the bar right here on the corner of Colfax, New York. When you're a member, you even get a bigger beer, which you can't beat. We got watch parties going on all the time. Uh, when the league isn't canceling games, uh, whatever, whatever that league may be. But Avalanche, Nuggets, if, if they're playing a game, you can bet that we've got a watch party here with the sound on. It creates such an amazing atmosphere. Again, that's thednvr.com. If you've seen any of our gear, any of our shirts and hats around, you can pick those up at dnvrlocker.com as well. You do know Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR, but they're also our official seltzer as well it's good company hard seltzer we got it in stock here at the bar you can get it at king supers costco wherever you pick up that stuff get a 15 can sampler the tap pack as we like to call it for number 15 Rymel tapia they're donating money to the national parks conservation association as well so really make sure you're supporting them breckenridge breweries good company hard seltzer the nfl season is winding down the playoffs will be here before you know it and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even more amazing. Now new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win two. That's right, $200 in free bets. Don't miss out on this action. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get NFL action with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR, and new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's it. That's it. 
That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is going to be the clash on New Year's Day between Arsenal and Man City in the English Premier League. Arsenal has won four games in a row and at home, They've won seven out of eight after losing their first home game against Chelsea. They're playing incredibly well right now. And yes, they are going up against the Man City team that has won nine games in a row. But listen to these odds. Plus 500 for Arsenal to win. Plus 360 just for a draw. So I want to go with the big win at plus 500. But I'm going to play safe. You can actually bet both of those things and almost guarantee yourself some money because I think it's going to go Arsenal's way. And this is coming from a guy who's a Tottenham fan. I do not like Arsenal. They're the arch rivals. But I'm going to go and take a draw on Saturday's Arsenal-Man City game at Emirates Stadium in London, plus 360, Arsenal to draw against Man City as my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I know normally we would be having just come off the heels of the winter meetings and talking and getting excited about the 2022 season, but you're always thinking ahead. You're always doing different things. So I imagine you've got something in the work for the Denver Browns. I know in years past, you know, with the relationships that you've had with players who've come through Denver or an MLB, we'll talk about your MLB connections, but in the past you've offered up contracts to guys like Clint Barmas Chris Iannetta, Brad Lidge, even Jose Canseco and Roger Clemens. That's an interesting <laughs> tale for another day. But you were able to sign former member of the 2007 Colorado Rockies, NL champ, Jason Hirsch, to a little deal. Is, is Can we get a little, can we break some news here? Are there rumors and rumblings of anyone else uh, coming up in the next season? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wish that I had some big name. Um, there is a lot of... of big stuff happening in relation to the Denver Browns. And I, with the exception of talking about the already cool stuff and having live music at all of our games next year, uh, we do have intentions of playing night games next year at a particular location nice. week in, week out. Um, I, there's, a, without divulging too much, there's... Uh, a, a movement within the city to, to bring something uh, much bigger in terms of baseball to the, the city of Denver. And, and we have um, intentions of, of, uh, of doing that. So I, I don't know exactly what else to say. In relation a metamorphosis to <laughs> for the Denver Browns. <laughs> yes, you, you might say that. And it's uh, when it becomes news, everyone will know. Uh, so it's exciting. And, uh, but we, we are in the purchase in the, process of, of maybe changing hands in terms of uh, majority ownership. So yes, there are some major things that are about to occur, um, but I'm not going to talk too much in relation to that. I would love to talk about other things in relation to the Denver Browns. Uh, Matt Barker, for instance. Yeah, that that was something in uh, in knowing what I know about the Denver Browns and baseball here in Denver is uh, a story that you know, it has been you know, covered before, but but not talked about that that much. And I and I know you've got a lot of inside track, and people people should know the story of Matt Barker. Well, I I hate to change gears so quickly, but the Browns are definitely one of the more socially progressive baseball teams. Absolutely, and we do feature one of the few uh, openly go, gay baseball players in America. Uh, my my buddy Matt Barker. And with that being said, just to kind of double down on how progressive we are. Uh, one of our teams features a female manager. Oh, we know this well. Uh, yeah, she's been well, on your show before. That's right. Kristen Gentner, uh, you know her as Nighthawk. Uh, she, she's at the bar a lot. Um, <laughs> behaving. She's behaving. Uh, but, you know, that that's true to form for Doctor, a lot of managers, Dr. Right? Gentner. It's funny that Gentner. you mention it. Uh, her baked goods are literally the ones sitting on the counter right here. Well, there you golly, go. yeah. She, we're, we're all family I knew here. she was in Hawaii <laughs> most of the month, but how long has she been back? She owes me a phone yeah. call. Um, but, yeah, I... I want to proudly say that Kristen Ginter is a manager of a team that we have in our system and uh, a plan to hopefully uh, have Kristen manage more of our teams going forward. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, in relation to Matt Barker, 
Kristen Genter, we also have another ball club called the Mile High Green Elephants, which is yeah. an ode to the Denver That's White right. Elephants. And they play in the 18 AAA of the NABA. And uh, they started out really as a feeder team to my Denver Browns, but they've kind of become a, a team with its own identity. And, and they don't like to be the JV to the Browns. They're sure. their own team now. And it's pretty cool to see them play. And our hopes is that they'll be playing at 4 o'clock uh, leading up to our 7 o'clock Denver Browns game. So you'll be able to see a doubleheader uh, each time you head out to the ballpark. The price, of, the price of admission was already great, and now you're getting two for the price of one. Value. Can't beat that. Well, you know, you you yourself, you know, I think lead that progressive spirit because I know when you work for the Rockies, you helped institute the first LGBT night in, in MLB. Is that, that correct? That is, yeah. And I... <laughs> pardon the pun am quite proud of that um sure that that was uh one of the first if not the first uh pride night in major league baseball history and uh that would have been 2006 and um you know major league baseball has seen that trend happen nearly throughout all of major league baseball now which is pretty neat um so yeah that's for sure something that i have started to create and that's probably what helped me speak the language within MLB front offices to, to implement the yoga days that yeah. I've been thankful to do uh, with about half of Major League Baseball teams. Yeah, pro-positive so. yoga, as you said, yeah, I've been, been around instituting that in Major League ballparks, minor league ballparks as well, and kind of bringing uh, some spirituality to to the ballpark and, and, and having people listen to their inner voice. That's definitely been something that's going on uh, a lot in professional sports is more focus on mental health and, uh, you know, on understanding that, look, you, just because you're getting paid a lot of money uh, doesn't necessarily give people the right to to do certain things, say certain things, and that, you know, we, we need to listen to our, our inner spirit. And, and yoga is something that uh, it's been a while since I've done it, but I, I still apply it a little bit in my life and in various ways. And I know that's uh, that's also part of the the your story, Matthew. Is uh, are you are you properly a yogi? <laughs> dare I say? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my mat most days, and uh, I incorporate yoga, the eight limbs of yoga, and really everything I do. So um, you could you could most definitely say I'm a yogi, uh, a student and teacher. Absolutely. As you said, the Mahai White Elephants is an homage to the Denver White Elephants, uh, a Negro League team that uh, I, I think they got their start in the Denver Post Tournament. I don't know if they existed before that exactly. But that's, you know, we, we've been critical here on, on the DNVR Rockies podcast about the Rockies not really acknowledging their history as, as much as they should. You know, so many teams have their own little Hall of Fame. I was listening to a conversation recently about the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, how, you know, it should be the Hall of, of Legends, the Hall of Fame. And, you know, maybe some Hall of Very Good Guys will get in. But really, each each team, when they have their own team Hall of Fame, that's the Hall of Very Good. And the Rockies need to do a better job of that. Hmm. It seems that they need to, you know, so that's already a shortcoming. So it stands to reason that they're not acknowledging the Negro league roots of the white elephants. When so many teams, you know, pay some kind of homage, they, they wear some throwback jerseys well, in various the, areas. The, that would be cool some to see. Nuanced differences though, too. And I want to back up a little bit sure. because the first year of the Denver white elephants happened to be the first year of the Denver post tournament. Yeah. But the Denver white elephants did not play in the Denver post tournament until almost the end of the Denver post. tournament. Really? They existed without playing in the Denver Post Tournament until 1933. So, and that was many years into their existence. Uh, so j just factually. Um, the need for the Rockies to acknowledge the Denver White Elephants probably is not as strong because the Denver White Elephants were not a Negro National League team. Right, they weren't a They proper... were more like the Denver Browns. They were a yeah. semi-pro team. That they were very good, traveled all over the region and beat teams all over the region but they were never professional. Some players went on to become professional. So that does let the Rockies off the hook a little bit in terms of sure. them not needing to, if, say the Kansas City Monarchs, for instance, of that you know, a Negro League team played in Denver, well, you bet the Rockies should have by now already done something. But because the White Elephants are in this slightly gray area, 
you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're, like I said, they're, uh, you know, failing to do it for their own, own team. So you kind of understand how it they would can be drop neat if the Rockies well. and maybe I'm giving them too much ideas here, but if them, <laughs> for them to acknowledge some way of, uh, uh, memorializing the Denver post tournament, yeah, that would be neat Yeah, you know, for them to, uh, do, you know, something in relation to, um, you name the different Hall of Famers, or George Tebow, uh, who really was the father of baseball in Colorado. And there's a lot of things the Rockies could do, but um, that's not. Yeah, I'll stay on my side of the street. No, that 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 makes all the sense. And and one thing that makes a lot of sense is companies that are doing their part to try to make the world a better place, like Ball. And right now they're they're hiring for folks on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at their plant over in Gold. And they're offering a competitive twenty-seven dollar an hour positions that you get increases at six, twelve, and eighteen months on the job. They offer comprehensive. 401k for retirement, insurance, active the day of hire, stock purchase, ownership program, and even potential for annual bonus. So many major benefits for working for a company like Ball. Text Golden to 77222 to get linked to all of their open positions, or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search Golden or text Golden to 77222. It's the holiday season, and if you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer, well, one of today's sponsors, Manscaped, has the tools guaranteed you're going to win this year's white elephant competition. Different type of white elephant. <laughs> How does that tie in? Interesting. All right, well, it's called the Performance Package, as some of you already know. And inside, you're going to get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, liquid formulations, as well as two free gifts. Be the ballsiest gift giver this season with Manscaped by using code DNVR for free shipping and, more importantly, 20% off. There right. is a tie, by the way. Is what? There is a tie. You got a tie? Well, Connie Mack came up with that white elephant term. and For his Philadelphia Athletics. Cornelius yeah. McGillicuddy. That's my favorite. Cornelius McGillicuddy. Favorite name that got altered over time. Yeah. And it's there's no proof that the man who founded the Denver White Elephants, uh, uh, Mr. Ross, there's no proof that he took the name from the Philadelphia Athletics. Right. But they became... Uh, popularized using that white elephant on their sleeve just a few years before the white elephants became a thing. So you could only think that there was some correlation. But. And correct me if I'm wrong, the colors of the white element elephants was essentially just white and green. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. is that what the mile high, uh, the mile, high elephants? mile high green elephants? Green elephants. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I thought it much I'm better to be it. have. Yeah. Cause, well, for numerous reasons, I didn't want to, I don't want to name them the white elephants because there's only one white elephants. Yeah. And I thought it better that they be named the green elephants. Still, obviously, you know, or the Denver green. green but everyone knows the, the mile high green elephants as an homage. Exactly. Yeah. If you, if you open up a dispensary, I mean, that also <laughs> ties in there, too. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But Yeah. Any sponsors would like to sponsor the team next year, by all means. I know a guy at the DNVR.com that can help you out. No, his name is me, but you know, we'll talk about that off air. You know, you talk about the success of, of the Denver Browns, which they, they absolutely have had. You know, there's so many interesting stories. Again, as I said, you know, Jason Hirsch playing for you guys. Um, Matt back, Barker. Back up. Um, Hurst has never suited up for oh, us. Oh, he didn't? No, no. I know there were plans for him to play oh, a game, right? Oh, he's worked out with us, and he's always, <laughs> him and I are yoga buddies over the years, but he has, Jason's, it's been a big publicity stunt. <laughs> Jason Hirsch. I it, wish that it worked. It, it worked well. We even got his number for him to suit up, but, um, and he has, we've, quote, signed, we've, uh, he's agreed to terms with us. But he's never actually towed the rubber. So, oh, okay. He's yeah. he's on uh, permanent IL, so to speak. There you go. Sense. Yeah. But you've had a, you've had a, a player in particular, and, and and you'll probably remember the name better than I have. But he played against former Rockies GM Jeff Breidich, and has has some connections with that. And yes, you know, put put a beat down on on Jeff Breidich for that. So, uh, you know, Breidich has done a lot of you know good things for the organization. Obviously, going the back-to-back postseasons is 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 great, but again, it's just so interesting that really once you dig into the history of baseball here in this town, it's so interconnected with so many great people. Truly, yeah, there's been a number of former big leaguers and even executives who've played in our league. Uh, Jeff Bradish being one, it's true. And did he actually played 
in the league in, in Colorado? Yeah, he played for our manager, Mike Anisco. Uh, it had been 2003, I want to say, 2004, whichever the first year that he came from the commissioner's office. And he was still like assistant GM, or he wasn't even in that role yet. No, he was. No. He wasn't even. Uh, he, let's see what he he'd have been when he came over from New York. Um, he was definitely a high up uh, person in the in the baseball ops department, but I don't think he had any s specific uh, brass title yet. Um, he he may have been director of player development, to be honest. I, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because if I recall, he was in the the media guide year one. Um, I mean, Bradish, he, he Harvard. Funny story. <laughs> he, he comes from Harvard yeah. and he uh, suits up for the Colorado Reds and says, "Hey, I, you know, I catch." And they're like, "Oh, well, we, we got a catcher." And he's <laughs> like, "No kidding. Well, I I played at Harvard, right?" And Division and, one. Uh, yeah. Well, that's coincidence because our catcher actually played at harvard too he looks down at the end of the bench and it's this guy uh i want to say scott Hahn is his name and he's he <laughs> what are the coincidence what are the odds of that um same the same guy. catcher that he caught with and beat him out in college just happened to be on a semi-pro team here in denver and he goes nearly you know all the way to the other side of the country and yet this guy's <laughs> still there yeah. blocking him was yeah. it was that bill schmidt <laughs> was bill schmidt no <laughs> Take it, taking everything that Jeff Bradish has. Uh, it's funny because Schmidt was at, with the Rockies long before Bradish was there, yeah. right? And uh, you know, I, I want nothing but the best for the Rockies. It's good for you know morale and and for the city. I just hope we have baseball on opening day. You know, that's my concern. Things are so. Uh, I mean, if we ever had a more time of unknown right now, you know, my uh, my yoga business in relation to Major League Baseball is non-existent there's nothing going on i mean the fact i remember seeing you at the winter meetings in san diego yeah um i miss going to the winter meetings so much because that's really where we're able to connect with yeah. our people you know um as many people who love baseball in, in denver um and that i'm friends with here in town it's such a great three three and a half four days every year to be able to connect with like-minded people from all over the country all over the world beautiful reunion and it just makes me so sad that two years now we've had we've had no gathering like that and um and and when will we do it again you know it's just it's yeah I, i've had that thought like okay december of 2022 we'll be doing the winter meetings for the first time in three years Mm -hmm. Right and and fingers crossed that's that's certainly something that baseball probably needs to consider too is okay this time next year, is it really going to be that that much different? And if not, well, you might need to plan for something like that so that we don't have a third year in a row of not gathering in, in, in a safe way and, and doing business and just catching up, too. McGregor Square. That's it. <laughs> Central. Let's have everybody make the Mumfords more money. We all want that, right? And uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the idea of it being right in the backyard of Coors Field would be a great place for long term, year after year after year. This is my ploy to Manfred. Let's just put the winter meetings here in Denver. Permanently. I, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> that, would, that would certainly work in, in more ways than one. Talk about the lockout. As, you know, again, someone whose is business obviously is, is impacted by that and, and just your relationships too. With, with everything going on, you know, do you have a, a sense that, you know, what, we might miss games? Do you have a date where you think they might, you know, lock it up? Obviously, it's, it's hard to predict the future in, in any capacity. But do you get the sense that, you know, it'll, it'll get worked out, but it's we're going to be dragged through the mud for a little bit? I can only hope. You know, I, I just, if I was, and I've said this in the last couple of weeks, if I was to bet that, you know, the season were to start late, I, that'd probably be a best, a, a good assumption, you know, whether it be in May, hopefully no later than uh, like a shortened season. I sure hope Oof. not. But we don't know right now, and they're no. so far apart, you know. Um, Evan Drylick is a really good friend of mine, and, you know, I, I try not to bother him because the guy's kind of on the, the – he he's, on, he's on the edge of everything. He's number on one right for now. the athletic right now. Him and Ken Rosenthal. Yeah, Evan, that's his job is the business side and the CBA. Yeah. So I, I read everything that he, you know, puts in print and try to stay, you know, 
pretty, but even they don't know, and everyone's concerned. So there is a real, um, just a, a feeling of, of the sky's falling right now. Because, I mean, you go to MLB.com and you can't find the likeness of any current players. What is that about? Yeah, that's strange too, because I think it might have even been Evan who wrote about that on The Athletic, that you know there have been some people who have been consultants and, and lawyers who have said, yeah, I can't find really any legal precedence for why they needed to do that. Like it's it's not clear. Like they're maybe they're they're just erring on the side of caution a little bit. Maybe it's a it's a PR thing. But legally speaking, although the commissioner said, well, no, this is what our our people said that we should do. Uh, it's scary, it, and it makes me think like the owners just don't care that yeah. they're so big that they are beyond. Um, you know, billionaires can wait a lot longer than millionaires, you know, That's true. and, and it, 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 it takes me to scary town. I don't, I don't want to think about it. Cause I mean, what, <laughs> I need the baseball season to, to kick off in mid February is my life. I got nothing else to do, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's really concerning. Uh, I think hopefully that they come to some, you know, partial bandaid agreement to at least get the season started underway when it's supposed to, but I have my doubts. Yeah. So it's, um, and 94, I think that was essentially the situation where they had a band aid to play the season and work it out. And the player said, okay, well we actually now have the opportunity to have the power. They went on strike and we, there was no world series. So we can't have that. It's, it's almost like we can't have a, of a band aid. It has to be an almost ironclad. This lockout does make it seem so authoritarian that it's like go ahead (laughs) go ahead and strike if we were to allow this because we'll just go back to locking you out we are the owners are the ones that really do have the leverage which is scary but that's the truth they could break the union if they so wanted they could if they wanted just say we're going to get new players and if you want to you know cross the picket line if you don't remember the history of I Coors do. Field. I was going to say, I imagine it might even be in his book. It's but not in that tell book. that story it's not about. In that book. Who wants to talk about that? I mean, Coors Field opened with scab players. That's right. New York Yankees. We uh, have we have an official date of, and I should know what it is. Maybe it's like April twenty first. Oh, well, the original date. Well, was, we we acknowledge April twenty first, roughly of nineteen ninety five. Dante Bichette, yeah. Chucky Ducky, Fizz Pump. But That's as you said, day. as you said, there were two exhibition games played. I think it might have been March 31st and April 1st mm-hmm. against the Yankees. Well, <laughs> the, the players were. were the Yankees uniforms <laughs> right. with people inside of those uniforms. And they played two games uh-huh. with replacement players that nobody knew because yeah. they were just, you know, That's double scary guys. Town. That's like, let's not, let's not go there, right? No. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. The horror. That, no, that would not be a, a good way to start the 30th season. No. Uh, in in Rockies history, Rockies sign. Yeah, who knows? Name the the blast from the past player. Make sure your make sure your guys have you know good ironclad contracts right. with the Browns. Gonna start Dude, is this what you're, is, is that what you're alluding to? The big news: the Rockies are buying the Denver Browns. You know, the Rockies did lead the Rockies in attendance <laughs> in 2020. There were a great deal more people that went to Denver Browns games than that went to the Rockies games. <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, it's a reverse precedent, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, these are, these are just rumors. These are jokes that we're, we're making. Of course I did. I do want to ask too. So again, go, go back to the history of, of Colorado. You've already mentioned so many names that people might not think about again, Bud Fowler being that big one playing with the Pueblo pastimes, just you know, coming through here, another Hall of Famer, you know, Roy Halladay, Roy Halladay, and and Rich Gossage, who I believe does not want to be referred to as Goose Goose quite as much. So I respect that. So Rich Gossage and Roy Halladay is who we think of as Colorado-born and raised Hall of Famers, and there are other Hall of Famers who have played through Denver and played through Colorado. Obviously, Larry Walker most recently getting in as the first member of the Colorado Rockies in any capacity, which is, is also kind of crazy because I've gone through and looked at the coaches that have played and none, no, nobody that was even a coach has even been in the hall of fame, but you can extend that to the Denver Browns. All the Dale great Murphy players should be but... Dale Murphy's a guy who eventually will get in. Yeah. Maybe you even see a coach like a Don Zimmer possibly getting in who was Don Baylor's bench coach 
for contributions. I know I'm stretching it a little bit. <laughs> I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not sure. That's. I think Andres Galarraga may have had more than one ballot. I, I hope Maury Wills gets in the Hall of Fame before Don Zimmer. And, and the coincidence is Maury Wills replaced Don Zimmer as shortstop of the New York, of, of the uh, Brooklyn, or I should say the uh, L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good connection there. But you got all the Denver Bears, right? Andre Dawson, sure. Tim Raines. Plenty of, There's a few others. Plenty there. of Hall of Famers came through Denver playing for the Bears. That's that's without a doubt. Uh, and phenomenal New York Yankees through the 50s. Um, and then all the different players and managers who came through managing against the Denver Bears. Yeah. It's an insane Great list, point. right? Um, you could see um, just down at Bear Stadium, Mile High Stadium, whatever you'd like to call it, depending on the era, um, really top flight talent come through. But I mean, I grew up going to Bears games and Zephyrs games in the 80s. And um, I remember seeing Mark Witten. Hard hitting you know, Mark Witten. Yeah, for like the Syracuse Chiefs. And um, I got to have uh, lunch with Joey Meyer a few years ago. Uh, legend. Truly a Denver legend. Zephyrs legend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really blessed the fact that I have been able to, to connect with so many people, whether it be through through the yoga business and baseball or through Sabre or, or, or through the Browns. But, uh, yeah, and, and just the winter meetings, those interactions are just priceless. I, I, as I was saying, I just miss going to those winter meetings so much because that's like a, there's a kinship between those people that when you don't get to see them every year, you're just, you're missing something. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But, those, those relationships that, again, as you said, are, are built over time, having been with the Rockies, you know, close to 20 years ago now at, at, at that point. And the, the connections with, with a guy like Matt Barker, like I said, um, great, great guy. Uh, Ted Chalkin wrote a story on, uh, I believe it was Purple Row, about Matt Barker and who still plays on the Denver Browns, a guy who uh, was drafted and, and, you know, had had some connections with the Colorado Rockies, as, you, as we said, um, one of the, the rare openly gay players um, that plays baseball professionally or, or semi-professionally. Um, and it, it, it's just interesting to, again, going back to the whole mental health thing, the piece of, you know, being welcomed and feeling safe in a, in a community. And, you know, we try to do that at, at, at the DNVR. And, and, and I know that's something that, that you do in, in all of your ventures with, with pro positive yoga and the Denver Browns. And, and even with the South Park whooping cranes with, with Kristen being your manager. And, you know, that's, it's trying to make the world a better place, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We live stream all of our games and it's because they deserve it. You know, people ought to be able to watch these guys play because they're, they're extremely talented baseball players and there happens to be a market, you know, people tune in and watch our games. And um, I, I think it's because of the fact that we do create this atmosphere of you being able to be whomever you are. You right. know, I, every Sunday before we, before I head to the ballpark, I get on my knees, so to speak, um, and just say a prayer that everybody stays safe. Baseball is not always the safest sports. No. And then we all have fun. And we do those two things. You know, the, the results, the outcome, that all takes care of itself. But the atmosphere of Denver Browns game is really just, it's about having fun. So, you know, we get to, be around really great baseball players you know, every week and and get to see the game played at as high a level as you can imagine um, for the fact that these guys aren't paid to play. Yeah. So, And there's 140 adult league baseball teams in the city of Denver. And not all of them are wow. that good. So, <laughs> but that's a lot. <laughs> there are a lot. And then so and the game's played at all different levels, whether you be at 18 over, 25 over, 35, 45, 50 over. And uh, different divisions within that, wood bat, aluminum bat. Uh, our teams play in the 18 AAA or the 25 wood AA. Those are the two uh, highest leagues, uh, not including the Liga Latina, which is the, the Latin league here in Denver, which has some uh, high-level baseball uh, to, to itself. So um, there is really uh, great baseball going on currently in the city of Denver. And that, forget the history of baseball. You can go out and watch great baseball every, every weekend, um, April through September. So, and, and with the absence of, you know, minor league baseball in our state now, you know, Rocky mountain vibes are, are 
an independent league team, Grand Junction. We're going to have a new team next year, uh, the Northern Colorado Owls, mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be playing in Windsor, which, which is interesting. But in the city itself, again, you know, I, I would I would venture to say that the Denver Browns teams are probably on par. Again, maybe not age wise. We're not we're not checking birth certificates, but is on par with the vibes, Grand Junction Rockies, and what I imagine will be the the caliber of players on the Northern Colorado Owls. Well, I'd like to say that uh, it, there's a different caliber of ball player when sure. you just get done playing college ball or you just get released and you're trying to make your way back to the, the pro ranks. Granted, you have to be no less than 26 years old, I think, in order to play in the Pecos League, to play in the Pioneer League. It's like 25 and under. Um, so you do have to be a sort of prospect. Right. If you're over that age, there's only like a set number that you're allowed to have over that age sure. in those leagues. So it's a little bit of apples and oranges in the fact that we play every Sunday. Our guys have day jobs. Our guys are, you know, families. And I mean, some of these guys own businesses and are you know pretty prominent dudes in town, just like it used to be 150 years ago, which is kind of crazy. Yes. Yeah. You know, these gentlemen's baseball clubs of the 1880s, 1890s were all, different people around town, you know, who really ran businesses or were judges or, you know, you name the architects and played baseball. That's kind of what the Denver Browns are, just flash forward 130 years. So, um, Any, is, as we wrap up here, is there, you know, there's so many great photographs in this book too. That's the other thing. And, and you get to see what Denver looked like 100 years ago. That's, a, that's another element too is, you know, we know in baseball it's, it's not just the team or the players, it's the city itself that is this added element too that you can see, you know, all in your book. Is there a, is there a favorite photograph or, you know, a, a, maybe a favorite forgotten player? Because we we did try to remember as many guys mm-hmm. here as possible, but someone who doesn't get talked about enough here here in Denver. Bruno Kanopka. There's a photo in the back of this. I don't know that name. Bruno Kanopka was one of the greatest power hitters to ever come out of the, the state of Colorado. Went to Manual High School. <laughs> Pardon me. He graduated with Bus Campbell, mm-hmm. who was a man that I coached with, and and signed Roy Halladay. And Bus right. was Roy's pitching coach for since he was probably twelve years old. Um, and Bus was a teammate of Bruno Kanopka's at Manual in like nineteen thirty four. And there's a picture of Bruno and Connie Mack. Right. Two shout-outs for Cornelius McGillicuddy. Right here. Love the great Connie Max. So he, I should probably know how many years he managed it. We're talking over 50 years. 50 years. Yeah, on 50 the on, on the nose. Yeah. Kale, this guy did not wear a uniform. He wore a, a suit. And so, therefore, he couldn't actually go out to the mound to change his pitcher because you have to wear a uniform to do that. It, it, fun wrinkle. Yeah, interesting guy. Most wins, most losses all time. You got Bruno and Connie together. So, so yeah, you got Connie Mack uh, with Bruno Kanopka. And then on the very front of the book, you have a picture of, of uh, Bus Campbell, who was a teammate of Connie Mack's. Also a uh, pitching coach, you know, who worked up Boulder Collegians. Uh, with, with, yeah, with Baldy Muschietti for the Boulder Collegians, a, a great <laughs> summer collegiate league team uh, that's still active, playing at Scott Carpenter Park. So Bus Campbell teammate of Bruno Knopkis. Bruno Knopka played for Connie Mack. I coached with Bus, Cam- Bus Campbell. It makes me like one degree of separation, two degrees of separation from Connie Mack. And that makes me two. Right. Because what? we're buddies. <laughs> me, then Matthew, then Bus, Bruno Knopka, Connie Mack. Hey. That's you how know, you do it. The coolest, Maury Willis is a, you know, buddy of mine. I've been actively That's trying cool. to get Maury into the Hall of Fame for the last few years. Maury was a friend of Miles Davis, which I always think, Oof. are you kidding me? I'm friends with somebody who is friends with Miles Davis. Like, That's right. To me, it's like, I, I, I can't be any cooler. <laughs> what? Where, dr- here, drop, drop some names if you, if you can. The All-Star Game, because that was the closest thing we've had since the winter meetings, right? Yeah, yeah. Like covering that, and it was everybody that you see at the winter meetings and it was like out of nowhere, you know, again, the, the all-star game falls in Denver's lap and then everyone's there and it's the game and it's Otani and there's this buzz and Denver is the epicenter. And it's really, 
been the only epicenter since the last winter meetings in 2019. How, yeah, how fun was that experience out. for you? We really did luck out with that. Wow. Um, sorry, yes. Atlanta. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that was... They won a World Series, so I think they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a great stadium too. Truist, by the, by the way. I went to the NLCS this year and saw the, the Dodgers lose. Um, but the all-star game was so cool this yeah. year. I didn't, I actually underestimated the home run derby. I mean, I got a ticket for it, you know, I'm upstairs, you know, sure. I, I got to be there. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize just how awesome it would be. I, I was totally blown away. I, I was thinking even like, if I want to leave early, I can leave early. Like I was giving myself an out, you know, yeah. I was there alone. I didn't have any buddies that you know, I met up with people there, of sure. course, but I, I didn't, I went there alone. But I wanted more by the end of it, you know. It was almost a little anticlimactic because the All Star Game was still great, of course. But the Home Run Derby really made it. That's another reason they should have the All Star Game in Coors Field like every five years or something, just because of the home run factor. I'm I'm hoping because MLB needed Colorado to step in or someone to step in with everything that went down, you know, in in April that. Someone negotiated with Dick Monfort and said, basically, look, you will, you'll get it this year, but then we'll also give it to you in like 10 years or we'll give it to you in 2029. Whatever it is, bring it back again. What we need this year is the World Baseball Classic back. And yeah. it would be the perfect year to have it were it not yeah. for the pandemic. But the fact that guys aren't playing, let's do the World Baseball Classic. But Major League Baseball owns the World Baseball Classic. That's so. the thing with it, right? It's not as, as you, you know, the, the last thing I want to say before we wrap up is, like you said, with the Derby, how great it was. I think it was, and I, they've, they've probably always done this. I was at the 96 All-Star Game in Philadelphia with the Derby. And it was cool. It was fun. But they were playing music while the guys were hitting. And it was, you know, music that the guys were like vibing to. And so not only are you seeing these, you know, colossal home runs hit and this this amazing athletic endeavor, but you're you're kind of grooving to the music. You might not know what song's playing, but you're feeling it. So you're getting it from all of the senses, right? You're smelling hot dogs, whatever it may be. And it you're right, it really event, was perfect. You know, I'm a bit of a purist. I don't like the sure the sort of NBA assignment of uh, <laughs> of Major League Baseball, but that was that was worth special. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciated that. So it was special. And Matthew, you're special. And make sure you go to a special website, denverbrowns.com slash shop. You can get baseball in Denver. You can get a cool hat like I got now. Anything else, uh, any other sites or any other endeavors that that you are kind of working on right now you want folks to, to check out? You know, I own a company called uh, Varsity Yoga, okay. uh, Colorado Varsity Yoga, and we work with athletic directors in bringing uh, yoga and yoga instructors, mindfulness instructors into athletic departments, working specifically with high school athletes. So yeah. uh, Pro Positive Yoga is the company that works with Major League Baseball teams. Uh, Colorado Varsity Yoga is my team that works with high school teams. So I appreciate you asking. Yeah. I, Tony Walters has been a, a huge proponent, you know, great Rockies catcher, you know, a couple years ago defensively, but he loves yoga. So many players do yoga now and it's helped them for you know so many reasons. And so that's definitely something, you know, high school players would be, be good. They would benefit from a lot. So if you got any uh, impact on that and you have any, any say, make sure you, uh, you reach out and, and get that in your school as well. Matthew, thanks again for joining us. This has been fantastic. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. So for super producer Kale, Matthew Revenger, I'm Patrick Lyons. Thanks for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.